Okay, ladies, I'm going to I'm going to begin our time with prayer here. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here this morning and uh, to serve you, to serve one another as we're here at convention to learn how we can be better equipped as families and as leaders in our respective ministries, whatever that might be. Lord, I pray for the encouragement of each uh, person that's here today. And trust that uh, you guide us through our conversation and trust that you would uh, just help us to walk humbly before you each day, uh, Lord, and and um, just seek to please you, Father. When we leave here, we want to be encouraged. We want to be um, better equipped to serve you. And uh, we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I'm going to talk without the microphone because it's way better that way. Um, just so you guys know, this is Cleggard and Jenny... Mitchell, I was going to say Clegger, Jenny Clegger and Jenny Clegger, but that's okay. <laughs> and this is Tom and Cindy Zobris. Both of these men serve on our board of directors, and I've asked them to come in and share with us today. So right now I want to ask you guys, can you share about your ministry, your family, anything that would help us to know you guys better? Go ahead, Clay. Sure. So um, Jenny and I both grew up in Iowa, southeast Iowa, and uh, uh, we've been actively in ministry now for 29 years. Uh, We have eight children. We have uh, five boys and three girls. Uh, I started out as a youth pastor uh, in northeast Missouri uh, about four and a half years and then pastored a couple different churches in Iowa, one for 11 years, another for seven. And we're now in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, where I pastored the South County Bible Church. We've been there for six years. It feels like 15, but we've been there for for six years. So, I did that. Do you want me to name the kids? Okay, so I'm sorry. I don't hear very well. I, I'm an older person, and uh, I'm supposed to wear hearing aids, but but I don't. Um, they, <laughs> well, you hear when you have them on. That's what's annoying about them. You, you have plausible deniability when you can't hear very well. Do you want to talk about our family? I'll, I'll let you talk about our family. We've, we've been in, at the same church for 35 years this summer, and uh, I... There's some of our people back there. Uh, the reason we've been able to do that is because we have such a gracious church. They're, they're very uh, wonderful people. We've been honored to serve with them and and uh, to serve them uh, as their pastor. So I'm grateful for that. We our church has grown over the years. We started out in a storefront, and we're we're probably 500 people now. We have four pastors there, and uh, it's it's taken 35 years to get to this point. And uh, we've been very blessed. And there, there's a lot of uh, grind that's been in that and this is my lovely wife who led me to christ in high school and uh so i just stuck with her um (laughs) after that and i'll just tell you this up front because before you think too many wonderful things about us it's not always been easy Uh, it's been hard our marriage has gone through ups and downs and times that you want to quit and uh there's no blessing in quitting there's blessing and endurance and fighting through and getting to the other side of battles. And uh, we, we probably have a better marriage now than we've ever had 46 years in. And that's just because, you know, we didn't quit when we when we could have. And uh, so we have five kids and um, 
How many grandkids? We have 10. We just had one. Um, a lot of you know Miriam and Les, of course, and um, we share a grandchild together, which was such a blessing. Um, uh, they were, they've been married five years and they just had their first a couple months ago. So he's our 10th. And I don't know if we're supposed to say. I guess not. We have 11 on the way. There, okay. It's been said. Okay. Uh, I can't say. <laughs> anyway, so um, just, and you all probably, or maybe you don't, but um, we have, as he said, five kids. Our oldest is 44. They moved from Tennessee recently. Um, we They were uh, there about six years um anyway uh we're glad to have them back around our our area so they minister alongside of us um our son ben which maybe some of you guys know him um has gone through a real difficult time um but he's on the other side and i'm so so thankful for that he's a single dad and so um i know um some of you are still praying for him so thank you very much for that um he's doing very well um the kids are are doing well um but if you ever think of him um do pray still pray for him um and then we have a daughter um um who we brought um their middle child with us um and they're in the Eureka area as well. Um, her uh, husband is Michael Grimm. And um, maybe some of you know Randy and Ruth or um, Miriam and Doug Langmaid. And those are her um, her in-laws. And then um, Pete, who's standing right over there, wave at us, um, is our fourth. And uh, married to Anna. I already bragged. It's hard to believe he came out of her, but I... <laughs> I was there. I saw it happen. Yeah. I don't know where they get their bigness, height and all. But um, And then our son, Noah, who's um, our youngest, is at a church in Indianapolis area, um, serving as associate pastor of uh, family and um, discipleship and family ministries. So all doing very well. And um, praise the Lord for that, for sure. I will say something because he forgot some important things here, but he's doing what I asked. He, if you know him, he likes to talk a lot. So I told him to keep it simple, but um, we have two. I love you. Um, so our two oldest sons um, have beautiful wives. They're married. And Jordan, who is here, he is actually the director of development at Brooks Bible College. So if you've seen his little girl, Lucy, or hear her, if She's the little one that goes around saying hi to everybody. Um, so that's that's her. That's our first granddaughter. And, and I forgot um, to say it. Yeah, you forgot I to say it, but that's okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so the first question I have for you guys is how has ministry impacted your family? I'll go first. Okay. So I was thinking through this. One big thing, um, starting with positives, uh, has impacted that all of our children are serving in our church and even outside of our church. Um, It's nothing that we have told them they have to do. They really have a heart um, serving in all kinds of areas. Um, Another thing, I asked my daughter earlier about this, how ministries impacted her, and she mentioned just about all the different missionary families and different ones that have been in our home. 
just the impact um, that has had on their lives and um, just building relationships with those. Um, some tough ones, um, going from our last ministry to this, they lost, um, felt like they lost some friends. And that's a hard thing you have to go through is when you're moving from one to the other. But I feel like as a family, um, we've grown closer together and they, as brothers and sisters, have uh, become better friends together. And um, it's been hard because at the church we are at now, there wasn't a lot of friends their age um, for them to come to. So, and just, uh, I don't know, do you have anything else to say about? Nope. No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, we, so we had, I, I was thinking about um, early in ministry when, when all of our kids were little, um, there was a, a uh, nursing facility, nursing home facility, uh, not far from us that was not offering any kind of chapel service or anything. Um, I almost said for the inmates, <laughs> for the folks that live there. And so actually, uh, we decided that we wanted to do something. And so our family was actually going once a month. The kids would play the piano and they would sing. They might recite scripture and we'd have a devotional. And, and it was just one of those times where um, they seemed to kind of blossom a little bit. And it was, it was not just um, thinking about, oh, I'm going to have this daunting task of serving a church. It was... Here are people who are just smiling and loving to be loved on. And, uh, and our kids really enjoyed that. They really started getting into and understanding. Uh, it, it, it has helped contribute to conversations as a family about caring for other people, about caring for one another. Um, and that's just one aspect of it. Now, I, I have to say, I said that we've been in St. Louis for six years, but it feels like 15. I didn't mean to give that a negative connotation. It's just that the Lord has been doing so many things in a short amount of time uh, that it has been, it's been amazing. It really is amazing. And Jenny mentioned our son, Jordan, uh, working for Brooks Bible College. In the last 10 months, Brooks Bible College sold its building and has moved into our building. So, uh, and our, our, our kids are helping in different ways with some of those kind of things. Um, and there was something else that I, is escaping me. So you can always sure back. Sure. Go, you go ahead. Um, I would say one of the great things about um, the impact that it has had on our family—they love the body of Christ, ins and outs, goods, bads, all of that. I I feel like they really do love. Well, I think they love the people. They love their, they're their family. And it, it has been from the very beginning. Um, they, uh, we were embraced and loved and accepted for who we were, even though we were really raw and not, um, not seasoned at all. Um, they loved on us so well. And, um, the, the body of Christ did. And so they in turn have learned to love the body of Christ. Um, I think, um, the, um, life that we did with them, um, was just, they came with us. They just did everything with this. And, uh, they, so, um, I, we never really thought it should be any other way. And um, I guess um, they've 
carried that on in their families as well. So it's been neat to see. I came, I'm a, I'm a first generation Christian. So is Tom. So we didn't have that modeled to us. Um, they were, we both grew up in great families, but they were not believers. And, um, um, so Christianity or a Bible believing, um, was not, um, a thing. So we, you know, we learn sometimes the hard way. Um, but it was always, always, always a blessing. And we saw a lot of people sacrifice for us when, um, and that was a great example to us. So, um, I think it has greatly impacted their life to, um, just, um, just to show the love of Christ, really. It truly was the love of Christ in their life that um, made an impact. I would, I was thinking of something else too. So, you have anything? We'll come back to you and Clager when you guys remember what you want to say. Maybe we should ask Pete this question. He grew up, he grew up right in the heart of it. Now, he was, he was six months old when we went to our church. But um, I think a key in family and ministry is balance. I mean, that's a key word. It takes so much wisdom to be balanced because, frankly, a pastor can spend 24-7 on the job, and he can spend 24-7 at home. It's a choice that he's going to make of, of knowing when to sacrifice the family and knowing when to sacrifice the church to be with the family, knowing when you need to be there. Um, I think that... Um, Today, there's an imbalanced priority system sometimes that I see in families where they can't ever miss a kid's activity. And uh, I missed a lot of kids' activities, and I don't regret that. I think that I had to choose. I had to choose to be where I had to be, where God called me to be at that moment. And then there were times that the church had to understand I had to be with my family at that moment. And uh, a good church will know that. They will. The, the elders will encourage that uh, when that needs to be done. But I think the struggle for the younger pastors today is knowing when to be at the church. You could spend all your time at home. But you you got to go to the church. You got to be with the people. You 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 have to serve the people. You have to. They have to see you sacrifice what what you could be doing. Um, and and I think we just we have to really strive for that balance. And I think the family then is affected in a positive way because Pete understands uh, as an adult now, and he lived this as a kid growing up that there sometimes I have to be at meetings. I can't go to that game. I can't be there. Um, and even now, we like to do, Pete and I like to hang out a lot together. We like to ride motorcycles together and stuff. He's like, hey, hey, Dad, are you free that you can do this now? Or do you have something you need to do? Do you need to be at a meeting? Do you need to? He gets that. But he also knows that at 2 o'clock, if I don't have an appointment and he wants to go ride for an hour, I'm in. I'm all there. That's the freedom a pastor has. But then I might be at the church till 10 o'clock that night doing counseling when I'm exhausted or being called to the hospital in the middle of the night when we're exhausted. But that's, that's where you really need to pray for your husbands or your, whoever you're connected to for wisdom. They need that wisdom. And then what they need from you is support. You need to encourage them to do what they need to do, what they feel that that burden at that moment that the last thing they need is a whining wife when they go out the door doing what God called them to do. It's the last thing they need. 
What they need is a praying wife that lets them go and then prays for them while they're gone. I've, I've seen a lot of guys hurt in ministry, not just pastors, elders that are hurt because their wives don't let them serve. When they, they feel that burden, they feel that call, and they don't have that support, it's, it's really kind of sad, sad to see because then they're torn, and they don't have the freedom. My wife's always given me the freedom to do what I have to do. She's always given me that, and that's the greatest gift she could give me is just you do what you need to do. Go do it. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. And then, you know, she knew I'd come home when I could. I'd, when I had the chance, I'd be there. I'd be there every moment I could. But um, And we did a lot together. You know, our kids went to public school because we could. We were in a place where it was possible. Um, but we <laughs> we didn't have a bedtime. <laughs> Our kids were abused as children. We let them stay up till midnight, and then we'd shake them loose at seven in the morning. Say, "Get on the bus. You're going to school." You know, and uh, like I look at my girls now, I'm like, "You're raising a bunch of wimps." You know, putting them to bed at seven o'clock—that's not real life. You know, <laughs> toughen them up a little bit. You know, make them stay up with you till ten thirty. But uh, I'm I'm just an old I'm an old guy. Yeah. Okay, you're done. <laughs> think we're done. I, I think what I got out of that is I need a motorcycle. I remember what I was going to say about the question about the kids. Um, I just remember one time our two older boys were fighting about whatever. I mean, they were, they were at each other and it was just this angry moment. And Jenny looked at me and it's like, do something. So I opened the door and I said, Go punch it out in the yard. <laughs> and she said, what are you doing? And the boys looked at each other, and one of them marched out the door. Um, but so accumulatively, the question about how has ministry impacted, uh, those two boys are now married and over the last year have made hard choices and been faced with hard things, and they've called each other to pray for each other. And that's worth its weight in gold. And so those, those kind of things are that there's no textbook for that. There's no uh, lesson for that. It's just life together. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times as a dad, I, I want my boys to be tough. I want them to do, to, to learn and to grow. Uh, there are also times when I had to say to my boys, I blew it. I'm sorry. I need you to forgive me. And I need you to understand I've never done this before. Uh, so now I've, I've got two little boys that are number seven and number eight in the train. And I still have to look at them from time to time and say, well, I knew better, but I did it wrong. And you know, let's, let's sort through this and think through this. So those are things that come to my mind when I think about how our lives have impacted our kids. Um, one thing, when we moved to St. Louis, our, our daughter, Grace, who is very dramatic and, and uh, a, a beautiful little actress. I mean, like she, she has been in, in like musicals for three summers in a row, and she's amazing at these things. But our, So I'm driving a U-Haul truck. The air conditioner broke. It's June, June 1st or July 1st, so it's 118 degrees in St. Louis. Uh, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so I-270 is a parking lot. I've got the windows cranked down. She's with me, but she brought the little box of watermelon or whatever because she knew Daddy needed to cool off and whatever. So we're sitting here, and I'm frustrated about all the traffic, and little Gracie stands to her feet in the front of this truck and says, I love these people. <laughs> like, where did you come from? 
But but that to what Jenny had said before about learning to love people and see others and and have a, a kind of responsiveness. I, I think those are things that that our kids learned. And not to embarrass anybody, but I do want to say this. Pete Zobris, who is standing there because he's security for us, takes a week off of work every year to come and do security for us. And I think that speaks really He just worried about his mother. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want that to speak to you, even as an adult. That's something that it's it's on his heart still, and that touches me every year as I think about it. What is something that you guys have learned through ministry, either a good thing or a bad thing that you've learned through serving? Oh, go ahead. I will. Um, like I said, I didn't grow up in a in a. I grew up in a, as a Catholic, and so I didn't see anything in the church modeled at all. And so my um, my example was different. And so I really I leaned on um, Titus two women for sure, um, and those who, when we were in the Air Force, discipled us, and then even our elders in our church that were older than us, we we cherished them, and we're so very thankful. Um, but one of the greatest things we learned as we watched these folks was servant leadership. It's, uh, it's um, you know, it's not about us. It, it, it really isn't. It's about serving the body of Christ and about how we can effectively do that in a way that would honor and glorify the Lord and not our agenda, our things. It, our stuff doesn't matter. We want the very best for, um, our, our, for everyone. And so, um, you have to weigh that sometimes and sometimes you have to make hard decisions about stuff. Um, but in the end, um, it's, uh, you know, we trust that there's godly leadership and wisdom and I'm super thankful. We have two of our Nancy's husband, Tim, who leads worship, was in our church for so many years, was one of our um, elders for many, many years. And uh, Bonnie's sitting there as well, and her husband's our chairman of our board right now. And um, I can't tell you how much we appreciate our elders in our church that love our our body. And uh, I think that, I think um, one of the other things we've learned is just listen to them and um, follow their leadership and don't try to always bucket, you know, like always we, we trust them that they know best. And so we don't always know the ins and outs. And he doesn't tell me a lot of stuff just because he shouldn't. And I don't want to know. Um, I'm not, I, I not a part of the problem or part of the solution is that how you go what one of those and so um i hope i'm not the part of the problem <laughs> but um i so i don't know a lot of things but i trust them i trust my husband completely um and I lean on him for wisdom. I have to have that. I can't a lot of times I I say what do I do or sometimes one of the things 
that I've learned is the unmet expectations. I loved Lisa and what she shared about that because there's so many expectations as a pastor's wife. And a lot of those are ours. We have it on ourselves, and um, we shouldn't, but we do. And we, then we have to just, those are things that he has to help me through sometimes. It's just, a, a, um, but I've learned, as I said, I've watched some of our, 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 women who come alongside and discipled me because I was, even though I was a pastor's wife, I needed a lot of discipleship. And so I'm super thankful for that. I had the privilege of doing that um, somewhat now to disciple others, but it's always a learning thing. There's never, Oh, I got it. I got it. I know what it's like. It's always going to be a learning thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Ditto on all the the leadership we had. We have great leaders at our church right now, and that I can trust them, and they take care of him. Um, We had some elders at our church before that uh, I did not trust by the time we were done. So um, I guess some things I've learned through that is that God is always faithful, and we can always trust God, even when we can't trust anybody else. And a big thing that I've learned is that... um, just how strong the enemy is and we have to have our armor on we have to be praying and be in the word um because the enemy is very strong um i've learned things about myself um in growing i feel very similar to cindy in feeling very unqualified to be um a pastor's wife because I was saved. Actually, he led me to the Lord in late teens, and we jumped into ministry um, after we were married, and I felt like that I knew nothing. I didn't know as much as everybody else or what I should know. Um, But something I learned about myself is I can take when people say negative things about me, but I can't take it when they say negative things about him. And just learning how to handle that and love people anyways and show them grace is hard when even when I want to throttle that person or get in their <laughs> face and say, hey, you do not know what you're talking about. Just to stand back and let God work through them. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that people have ever said anything negative about me. It's usually about you. <laughs> It's usually, you have a beautiful daughter. Where's your wife? (laughs) Okay, this next question is for Tom and Clager. How does your wife impact your ministry? Well, I already said a little bit about that, her support. That's that's huge. Um, She makes me look better. Um, People love my wife. I remember one time I got a scholarship. I was shocked I got called forward in Bible college to get a scholarship from the Student Wives Fellowship. I didn't even know what that was. And uh, I got it, and the president of the school said, this is really because of your wife that you're getting this. So she's she's always made me look a little bit better than I actually am. 
Um, but she's uh, she works for me at the church. She's my secretary. And uh, so um, I like having her there. I like having her around. A lot of people say, oh, don't do that. You, you That won't be good for your marriage. It won't be good for the church. I think it's great for both. And um, there's it's great for her because if she has a bad day and she wants to leave, I just let her go. I'm not, you know, not going to fight with her. I'm like, we'll work it out. You know, just it's a good day to be off. Go home. Um, but uh, she just... I mean, she just makes my life better. I, I when I go home, it's my sanctuary. I, I like. I know I'm going to be welcomed. I know it's it's going to be good. I know I'll be able to relax. I know I can say anything I want or not say anything I want. And uh, so I'm just happy that she's my wife. I get a little panicky thinking about if something happened to her. Um, as we as we age, you start to think about those things. And um, I've already told all my kids that. Um, you can move into my house as long as I get to keep my room. Um, because I, they're going to fight over. Yeah, they would fight over my room, but it's a really nice room. Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. She's great. And I love having her around me. We've been married 46 years. I dated a lot of girls in high school. And when I found her the next day as an unsaved person, I told my mom, I'm going to marry that girl after our first date and I've never regretted it well we've been married 30 years and uh, we knew each other in high school and uh, even even dated a little bit uh, our, our first date was uh, wait that's not the question let's let's not go there um, I if, you know I, there's a lot of things that Jenny does for me. There's a lot of ways in which she uh, is is such an important part of my role as a pastor. And, it, and there are times when I've I've had to try to think through something, and I can talk to her about it, and and she'll listen and and either say, you know what, I, I see where you're going, and this this might be helpful this way, or she she can say. You're an idiot. That has nothing to do with that, and you need to backpedal. And I can go, well, okay, let me give this some thought. Um, But to be honest, I think the most impactful thing uh, that has sort of been a consistent thing for me over the years is her ability to um, not just see and hear what's going on, but coming back to the point of letting me know that I am who God wants me to be, and that's okay. I cannot express how much it means to me in times when no matter what is going on, she can look at me and go, you know what, I'm just, I'm proud of you. Her encouragement and her prayers um, for me, you know, people will call and they say, Pastor, I need you to pray, and I need you to pray right now, and, and all of that. But there, I don't think there's really anybody else that I want to be able to hear praying for me that is such a blessing to me than, than my wife. And so, I mean, those are kind of the things that I think of, and that there's so much more. Uh, but some of the most impactful things are listening, um, defending. I mean, you know, she she mentioned that when we left our previous church, she didn't trust the elders. That's that's kind of an understatement. Um, that was a really really bad situation. That the situation itself, she was at a point where she was saying, "Can we get out of the ministry?" I mean, it was it was 14 months of excruciating, um, and then uncertainty and and trusting God. I mean, it was a huge 
it was it was really a hard hard thing um but through that time um even when i was being told everything about me is wrong everything about me is bad everything i do is the wrong thing um she was the one who says well you know here's this list and it's just all it's it's everything that makes you who you are but god made you who you are and that's that's okay. That's not the problem. And so even then, just reading Psalms together and shedding tears together and praying together, I mean, that that is my anchor. I, I agree with Tom. I, I would be completely lost, no idea what to do if it wasn't for God's grace to me through through my beautiful wife. You know, it's, as I look at you guys, I know you guys are a lot like us in the sense that, that you're different. And sometimes you probably look at him and go, well, I can't do that, Claygard. I'm not good at that, Claygard. I know Cindy does the same thing. I said, I don't want to be married to me. <laughs> if I, I, That would be the last thing that would be good for me. We need to be opposites, right? Like I'm gifted one way. She's gifted another way. Spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts, natural gifts, natural gifts, so that we together we make more than we are individually. And that's how God designed it. And I think that's the beauty of a good marriage is that you're different and you're better at things that he's not good at and vice versa. And that's how it's supposed to be. So don't don't argue about the differences because the world says, oh, well, we're going to pair you up by what you have in common. God says, I'm going to pair you up with somebody that you don't have anything in common with except me. You got Jesus. That's all we had in common. We got married was Jesus. That was it. And that's what your foundation is for a successful marriage. Okay, Cindy and Jenny, can you guys talk about how... Jenny, you're more in, in this age group, but you can talk about maybe in the past. How do you balance ministry and home? That's so hard. <laughs> like How I balance ministry and home. Um, it, we homeschool, so that's a big deal. Um, it's important. And I'm a planner. I like my lists and the schedule and um, value what's on my list. And But that list, um, God has every right to change that list whenever he wants. And we need to, I need to be flexible because ministry does not have a schedule. And, and like Tom talked about, he has to be available. Sometimes I need to be available and um, I know you had even said this earlier, and I'd written it down. There are times when, um, if we're homeschooling, I might need to stop and do something else to benefit someone in the church. Um, people are really good at understand. They don't expect me to be somewhere else during the day or um, just to drop a hat. They don't call me because I normally don't answer phone calls. <laughs> but sometimes the kids just have to wait. Um, for something I need to take care of. And that's okay, and they can learn that. And sometimes the church just needs to wait. Somebody in the church can wait till I am um, busy ministering to my kids because they um, they are important. He is number one as far as who I need to take care of, and it takes a lot to take care of him sometimes. They're just a lot, but I love you. Um, in the ministry, it is. It is it's, a, it's a lot to to be a helpmate to someone in the ministry and so uh balance what it's it's looked a lot different in different parts of our ministry um and how to balance that and i was thinking even um having like having people in our home is a great way to minister to people and take care of a family um it's gone different over the years um 
going different seasons. We're having people in our home a lot right now. It seems like we're in the season where there's been a lot of stressful things, even since 2020, that ugly year. Um, and we haven't been having people in our home as much, but I think it's okay for now because I think he needs that break and that respite place um, to come home to and kind of to, to, I don't know, recoup for a while and needs that healing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it has looked completely different how it, we balance things out in different um, times in our ministry. So I have, I'll, I'll think about that. I'm going to come back to something. I think I already mentioned this, but I mean, part of balance is, is super important, but I'm in a different stage of life. So I don't have kids at home. I have grandkids that I love to spend time with, but it is a balance. We have to sometimes make choices and that's a little bit challenging, but he's the voice of reason a lot of times and says, wait, no, you can't do that because you have this responsibility or, um, and which I've already committed to. So, you know, a lot of times it, it, um, balance is, it's really, the the deepest part of all of this is just your relationship with the Lord. It really is. That's the thing that has to has to allow you to be able to be flexible and be able to um, minister when it's really hard. I do not like hospitals and that kind of stuff, you know, like, and I have had to do a lot of that. Um, and, and there's just, I just wanted to share one funny. Well, I think it's funny. It might not be funny to you. Anyway, um, once one thing that I, um, I was having a really hard day, week or whatever it was. And, um, we were driving somewhere probably to a hospital or somebody and even like people that I don't know well going to somebody's home to, um, they've invited us there. It's, you know, I'm like, I never did that as a kid. So I didn't see that modeled and, um, much better, much easier now. But sometimes, especially if they might be like brand new believers or maybe not believers, you know, you don't have a lot in common with them. So anyway, one time we were driving and and in front of us there was a truck and there was a cord that was not supposed to be in the back of the truck outside the cord outside of the truck well it was it was hanging out of the truck it was so hanging it was, out of the it truck was an extension cord that the end of it had fallen out of the back of the truck and was 15 feet behind the truck yeah it was it was way it was behind and i said that's how I feel sometimes. This this yeah. thing's flopping along, and he's dragging me behind him, you know. And so um, there, no, it's there, and he, and he has no idea. Yeah, it's not. That's he true, right? that truck guy did not know that cord was hanging out of there. It wasn't supposed to be, but that's how I just and sometimes I'm doing that to her, and she she was trying to tell me, yeah, I feel like that right now. You're like dragging me down the road. I'm flopping around back here, and you don't even know that I'm there, and you're just happy, go lucky, moving forward. That's exactly right. So, um, and I I laughed, and then I just ignored her. And, uh, it's true because there are things 
that we have to push through. We have to do that we know God wants us to do. And it's always, always, always a blessing. I've never come away from any of that kind of stuff and gone, ah, that was terrible. You know, so it really, it, you know, God calls us to do the hard stuff sometimes and we have to sacrifice and we have to be willing to do things that are very uncomfortable sometimes. So what was the question? <laughs> so can I take 30 seconds? This, I know this is a girl question, but I, I just want 30 seconds because I didn't say anything about what have you learned in ministry, so I'm taking that time now. Well, it's one thing I learned over the years is there's two kinds of people. There's a kind of people that are that are energized by people and there's a kind of people that are sucked dry by people. Mm. Right. And so some of you are probably, you know who you are. You're the kind of like, I'm just sick and tired of people. I want out. Right. And, and that's how she is. And I'm, and I'm, Sometimes I do get trained. <laughs> no. So, and then I'm the, I'm the opposite. Like I could be with people 24 seven. Like I'm, I'm free of people. I'm like, let's go find some people. I want to be with people. And she's like, can we just not be with people? And so like on Sunday, so this is our, she's part-time. She's not full-time. So on on Mondays, I'm like, let's go. We've got Monday. Let's go. Let's start on the next week. And she's like, I don't want to go anywhere Monday. I just want to be home. I don't want to be in the office. I want to be home. I want to just do work at home. I want to do stuff there. And this is not a, this is not a, no, wait, wait, let me finish. This is not a negative thing. It's just different kinds of people, right? So if you're a the, that type of person that needs a break, that's not a bad thing. Take the break. Take the time off. <laughs> Look at Wendy's going to blow a gun over here. She said it was funny. Wait a minute. I love people. <laughs> people but she she gets tired they know what i'm saying nobody's going to talk to you ever again i love you all i promise oh gee willikers i did that for her see i give her no just forget everything i said let's go to the next thing this we received um, from somebody who, who really wants an answer from some more seasoned people. I'm a second year pastor's wife with three kids in elementary school. I'm an elementary school teacher at church. I am on praise team and I teach Sunday school. I feel tired. I feel like I'm not able to put excuse me, pour. I should put my reading glasses on. Pour into the flock like a pastor's wife is supposed to do. Is it okay for me to focus on being a mom and pouring into my kids at this stage in life? Okay. Did, do you mind? did everybody hear that? Okay. Okay. Here, read it. Get the mic. There you go. Okay. I'm a second-year pastor's wife with three kids in elementary school. I'm an elementary school music teacher. At church, I am on praise team, and I teach Sunday school. I feel tired. I feel like I'm not able to pour into the flock like a pastor's wife is supposed to do. It is, is it okay for me to focus on being a mom and pouring into my kids at this stage of life? When I Wendy let us see these questions ahead of time, and I just thought, oh, my goodness, that was me. Um, because when he first became a pastor, I guess we 
had the two boys and then um, Hannah was born while I was teaching at a Christian school and we were starting in the church and it was like new person in the church so they were wanting me to be involved in everything like oh you would be so good at this you should you should do children's church and pretty soon I was doing so many different things and I was wrung out um VBS and stuff on uh, started a Wednesday night kids program and trying to do all of it and um I was actually dealing with health issues and it just exasperated the the health issues until Claire finally said enough and I think he even got up in church on Sunday morning and said um I don't remember exactly what you said, but I think he told me I could do one thing, um, pick one thing to minister and to take care of myself and kind of um, get back to what was the most important thing and what I was supposed to be doing. So, yes, you can definitely need to focus on your kids and taking care of um, taking care of them, pouring into them. But I will also say, though, um, that you are part of the body of Christ and you should be using your gifts in a way that you can be using them. Um, that doesn't mean wringing yourself out and trying to do everything because, uh, when I first uh, became a pastor's wife, I had this expectation of, you know, pastor's wife is supposed to be leading the women's ministry. They, they should be there all the time at everything. They should be, um, just boom, 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 boom. Um, and you, I, it took me years. I mean, I still am tempted to do it. Think I'm supposed to be there. I should be there, and having guilt for not being there um, at certain things. And um, we just—it's it, like we said. You just have to be faithful in what God has called you to do that day. And sometimes you get to go be participate at the church and be there. And sometimes it's okay to say no. Um, and God doesn't expect us to do everything. Yes. The danger is always going to one extreme or the other. Um, I, I it, it 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 really starts to get under my skin when I hear um, that there is an expectation in the churches where I have served. Uh, that question has always come. So whether whoever the search committee is or whoever I'm talking to, and they say, "Well, what does your wife plan on doing?" and I say, "What do you plan on paying her?" Uh, you're calling me to be the pastor, um, and so I. I, I I resist that a little bit um, in in saying that there there shouldn't be uh, that level of expectations. Um, now, but the other side of the other extreme is to go and say, well, uh, you know, I'm a mom and I have kids, and and that's my responsibility, and so I don't have to do anything. Well, that's actually not that's not a biblical worldview or a biblical way of looking at it either, because we are called as believers at every stage of our life to be a part of a community of believers. We need one another. If you're, if you have read the Bible at all, you understand, you should understand that it is, it is necessary. We have those needs. God provides his grace to people through people. I mean, Primarily through Scripture, it is the working of the Holy Spirit. But but how do we uh, receive the manifest reality of that if it is not through our brothers and sisters in Christ? And so, I mean, that was mentioned earlier. That's Titus two. That is older men working with younger men and older women working with younger women. It isn't. It it isn't. Um, you know, I. I, I 
early in my ministry, I remember some of the older ladies that were around, and I, I will never, ever forget them because they were the clock watchers. They were the ones that as the time approached for church to begin, I, I can remember. You remember Helen? <laughs> I, I would start hearing this ticking sound in the sanctuary, and, 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 and there she was tapping her watch because it's time to begin. And... Um, and I, and I, you know, visiting them, and she had hand-stitched, uh, whatever that's called, the thing that you hang on the wall, whatever it is. Okay, I take your word for it. Um, so she had done this, and it was this beautiful tapestry thing that she had hanging on the wall, and it was Proverbs 31. And, and I overheard her talking to uh, a couple of other younger ladies one time, and, and finally I went over to her and I said, can I just can I just ask? Are you are you offering Proverbs thirty one as like spiritual nourishment for the soul, or are you offering it as a standard that they're supposed to live up to? And she didn't understand my question because in her mind, every woman is supposed to strive to be a Proverbs thirty one woman. And um, I, my approach from that moment on has been to say, if I have opportunity to say, Proverbs 31 is not the standard. That isn't the will of God written out for women to be all of those things all of the time in some kind of imaginary perfect world. Um, We've had the conversation at times because when we do have people come and visit and they want to do that, we go through this same uh, sort of pattern where all of a sudden we have to clean the entire house and, and go to the, you said the list that you like to have, that you use lists. She does. She's very organized. I'm not. Uh, and so that there's, there's things where we clash from time to time on that. And so I'm thinking we're going to have people over. We're, I'm going to be vacuuming. I'm going to be washing windows. Um, I have to make sure my left socks are in the left drawer. My right socks are in the right drawer. And, and so, so, what I, oh. are you done? What, what I'm, what I'm, I don't remember what I was what I was, what I was trying to get at was, um, there's, there's, there is so many times an expectation of, of if you don't measure up to what I have preconceived in my mind, you're failing. We do that to ourselves and we do that to each other. And, um, my, my, uh, theological shot in the arm to that is, is something that's easy to remember. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, we, we are dependent upon God's grace 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, that it is not us being perfect in order to impress God. It is about us being dependent on God in our imperfections so that what shines and what people remember is not how great we are, but how awesome and great our Savior is. And that translates into the role of, 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 a, of a pastor, a pastor's wife, a husband, a wife, a, a father, a mother. It translated every level of those things. Um, I guess where I started, and that was where I was trying to get with my point, was we get these things out of balance, where we think 
we think, okay, so the church is the job. We got to keep the job going. We got to keep that happy. We have to meet people's expectations. We got to do all of that. Well, now we have children, and we know the Bible talks about the importance of raising children and teaching children and and all of that. And so, well, now I'm going to just shift completely over there, and and I think we can get out of balance easily. And as human beings, we are we are capable of the most um, un holy self-justification in our imagination of anything we can we can self-justify i am smiling as as tom was commenting and and cindy was trying to get the microphone because i'm thinking ha, look at look at tom he's he's falling down the stairs and then i turn right around and i'm like okay i'm gonna join him and we're gonna we're gonna do this it, it isn't it isn't about it isn't about some expectation. I just want to encourage you to be prayerful, be mindful, and look for the proper balance that works. Even in the course of our life and marriage together, that has changed over time. And that's okay. That it just, it, there's finding the right place and being dependent on the Lord and understanding that what the Lord wants to do in, in, in your life and through your life has to do with your, your situation right now. Now, those things will change, but that's part of our dependence on Him. So it isn't that you are required to sacrifice one or the other or that you're to elevate one or the other um, because we can just as easily teach our children bad lessons and a wrong pattern as as we're trying to strive to give them good things to think about and good experiences to have. I would love for my kids to not have any bad experiences, but some of our worst experiences are some of the things that are actually the most important for them as they're being formed into the individuals that God wants them to be. And in their lives, in our culture, in our world, should the Lord tarry, His grace is going to be sufficient for them at the right time as it has been for us in our time. I want to just say real quick, um, early on in my Christian life, I was challenged with the, uh, I went to a seminar, didn't even know what those were when I first um, became a believer, but um, I went to a ladies um, seminar and uh, we were challenged with the, the um, sheet that said, do you want to be a people pleaser or a God pleaser. And honestly, that has stuck in my head all of these years. Now, I am naturally a people pleaser. And so I try to make everybody happy. I want everybody to want, get what they want and all that. Um, <clears throat> I know that I can't do that. And um, the one great thing about um uh, the body of Christ is we all have different gifts. We have gals who are willing to lead a Bible study when I did not feel adequate. Miss Nancy did that. Um, and Cindy, her sister-in-law was telling about that, you know, like you start out and going, I can't do that. I can't do that. Pretty soon God made it very clear that she was supposed to do that. Well, and then we have I am not an event person. Bless your heart, Wendy. Um, uh, and Miss Bonnie right there is an event person, and she leads. Um, uh, she's the one who takes the lead in all of that kind of thing. The body of Christ is here for us. 
they come alongside us. And when our arms are weak and tired, they build us up. Use the people that you have. Don't use them. I mean, like, um, take advantage of, let God, let God work through them. No, no. God can work through them. And, and um, we're so, you know, and otherwise, we're we're trying to do it all ourselves and we should not do that. Use the, yeah, I mean, like allow God to, allow God to, to work yeah. in those people's lives. Cause they have gifts that you don't. And right. we all need help. We can't do it ourselves. We just can't. So we, um, I just want to say that. I want to say one thing to that sweet girl that asked that question. It's never wrong to take care of your kids. Right. It's never wrong as a mom to take care of your kids. You can work outside of the home if that works out. You should serve in the church, as Clay said, but it's never wrong to take care of your kids. They're your priority at this stage of life. You work your way up to not having them at home. You raise them up. They go out and serve God. Then you serve with them. You can do more then, but it's it's okay to make your kids a priority as a young mom, for sure. You want to read our last question? We're just about up what if you're not gifted in a ministry your husband serves in, such as a youth pastor? I was going to say, I felt very um, like I was not gifted when he became a youth pastor, like I said, because I did not have Bible training. I didn't grow up in a church that had a youth pastor. I didn't know what I was doing. So I let him do the teaching. I never like counseled kids because I didn't know how to do it. I just lived life with them. I went to the youth group meetings. I had them in our home. I cooked for them. I just had fun with them and um, just poured into them what I could at the time. Um, so just if your husband's called to something, then you are naturally called with them and God will help you grow through that. Just be faithful in what you can do. Um, also, um, I saw this quote on this pastor's wife thing on social media that said something like, don't ever tell God that you will never do something because he will have you nevering like you never, ever, nevered before. Um, and because I thought when we got married, he was going to be youth pastor. That was his goal. And being a pastor was never in the picture. And then how many years? Like five years. All of a sudden, I was a pastor's wife because I thought, I'm good as a youth pastor's wife, but I'm never going to be a pastor's wife. And even like here, when he was, he talked about being on the board um, of IFCA, I thought, that's fine, but I'm never ever going to be up in front of people at the <laughs> IFCA convention. And here, are there's things that um, God helps you through your gifts, pushes you past your comfort zones, and you just have to trust Him and um, just do the best that you can. I would say exact the exact same thing. I um, no matter what your gifts are, God can use you mightily in any way. Um, and a lot of times, it's really cool for people, um, whether it's youth or kids or whatever, um, to see your you being real. I mean, there it's good to let them know that you're just like them. There's nothing different about you. God just called him to be um well, he called us together. I will just say that. We are a team and we have never um uh, through the good, bad and otherwise have never looked at it any differently. Um it's more of a it's a, um, I, we all, we both have different roles, but, um, um, 
a pastor's wife, as I talked about before, the expectations and all that, don't do that. There's no such thing as a perfect pastor's wife. None of us are. We just aren't. And every ministry is different. You could be a missionary. You can be a, you know, they're all different. So there, again, that unmet expectation, as Lisa mentioned yesterday, those are, you got to give it to the Lord. There's no expectation that you have to fulfill except God's word. Anything that is in God's word. And so I, I need coffee. I really appreciate what they said. I don't think I need to say any more. Do you need to say any more, Clay? We're good. Can you pray for us? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I can. Let's pray. Father God, we pause in this moment uh, just to reaffirm that we know that you are good. You are gracious. You always supply. You're always at work. There is nothing that takes you by surprise. And we worship you. We praise you. Father, we are often anxious, stressed, feeling as though we're simply managing chaos. Uh, And we, we just have to come back again and again, reminding our emotions of what we know is true about who you are, about what you've done, about what your word uh, not only calls us to, but equips us for, and the, the continuous need that we have of your grace and the continuous opportunity that we have to talk with you about whatever it is. Immediately, by your spirit, in your, in your immediate presence, we can cry out as sons and daughters for the help, for the wisdom, for the grace that we need, and you always supply it abundantly. Father, I pray for every marriage, home, and ministry that is represented in this room right now. Lord, I don't... I don't know what the hearts are. I don't know what the hurts are, but you do. And so I just pray that these these things that we've been able to share would would stir up uh, some either good thinking or uh, some necessary uh, pondering uh, for these ladies and for everyone here. Lord, we, we do want to glorify you. We do want to uh, do well in the various aspects of life that you've called us to. I just pray, Father, especially for all of the pastor's wives, that you would strengthen them, that you would give them uh, the kind of resolve and especially the grace that they need. I pray, Father, for their husbands, that you would help them uh, to be wise and to be uh, good listeners and uh, understanding. I pray that they would also uh, be always returning to the scriptures and and helping uh, continually uh, just be connected there and understanding that that is the source of authority over everything else. And I pray that you would bless these marriages, that they would uh, honor you and that they would glorify your son. Father, we thank you for this fellowship. I just pray that you would help even this hour uh, be something that stimulates even more good conversation uh, and, and the kind of help that you would have us to be for one another. Father, we love you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.